Yince guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. The beginning of this one is a little different than normal. Let me explain. <laughs> I sat down earlier today and had a conversation with our friend Gary Morgan, and that will come next. But this evening, the Andrew McCutcheon buzz got a bit stronger. And so Jake and I decided to pop in here late tonight and add this little piece to the intro just to kind of say, it seems like Andrew McCutcheon is back. What's up, Jake? Hey, man. Yeah, yeah, good good things to hear, I guess. Yeah, and it's been an interesting little... Okay, so you had Friday, you had Jason Mackey write in, uh, in his article that the return talks with McCutcheon have heated up, and he said it's um, likely to be completed by the early part of next week. Well, then nothing over the weekend. I made a comment that I thought, boy, there probably will be a trade to make room on the 40-man. That didn't seem to happen. But um, I don't know if uh, if Nightingale, so USA Today, this came out today. Uh, Bob Nightingale, the Pittsburgh Pirates are expected to retain outfielder Andrew McCutcheon by signing him to a one-year deal for about $5 million this week. And... The fact that he like threw in a for about five million, I don't know if that's, oh yeah, I've, I'm being told this right, right because Jason Mackey just said, as far as the number on Friday, it said what last year's was, which was one year five million, yeah, and he said it could be as simple as running it back, that's it. So I don't, I mean, if I wouldn't put it past Nightingale, right? But if that's what he's doing and saying. Here you go. It's five million. Yeah. They're going to have it done. I don't know. It seems like maybe there's something more. Either way, everybody's buzzing about it right now, and making it seem like it's a done deal. I mean, it probably is, even just from what we heard on Friday. Sure. I mean, he doesn't really want to play anywhere else. That's it. So you know, family wants to be here. It's all those things. So I think it's a it's a pretty plain thing. But this is a good thing. Yeah. Not only just the player, the 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 morale, the camaraderie that he 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 brings, like all of it. It's just a good dude. He's a fan favorite, obviously. Right. He'll get his he'll get his standing ovations again. Probably not as, as to the extent of last year, but still get him. Sure. Yeah, because he was back, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen the comments already. Wasted money. And I'm thinking, like, how are we saying this? This is Andrew right. McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't agree with it, like, how are you How are you doing that, right? I've seen he's 37 years old and aging, and we have a log jam in the outfield. Guys, listen, if what you are calling in the outfield a log jam, <laughs> I, you know, and we know that he's mostly DH right now anyway, and with the, the Andy Rodriguez injury, with Henry Davis is probably going to be bulk catching at this point mm-hmm. would be my understanding. So there is no like juggling them using the DH to do it. I mean, you don't see that. I imagine right. you could say like, I don't know. There could be other things that could be impacted. He could still, he could still be a DH last year. He dealt with an ankle injury all year until it became an Achilles injury. He had an elbow injury most of the year. Yes. He's 37. He may do that again. <laughs> but there's no te- there's no saying that if he's healthy, there could be some more outfield innings for him. 
Sure. Sure. I'd like to see him out there a little bit. The other things that I saw was Kenny Pitch. <laughs> oh, good. That's $5 million more we're not spending on starting pitching. I'm surprised at the negative response. And maybe it's just because we're mad. Sure. Because nothing else is happening. Group. Disgruntled group. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm just surprised at a little bit of the response of how we're, we're saying that we shouldn't bring him back. Do you you think this is it? You think this is okay? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna run this thing for one more time. I think I think every year he's it's gonna. I think that's why he's not signing a multi year deal. It's he's kind of playing each year by year at this point. Yeah. Do you think as that as long it's, as he's effective, I think he's gonna keep trying to play. Well, that's the thing, and I and I, it's it is interesting because there is a point. There is a point where you say, when does this not a fit? Sure. We know if he's going to play, we want him to play in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. If 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 I if he's going to play, I, I don't want him in any other jersey. We've already right. seen that enough. Mm-hmm. We don't need it again. He needs to be here for the end. Yeah. And I, for me, when does it become a thing, or my, my question, when does it become a thing where we're kind of like, ah, man, hey, maybe hang it up. <laughs> because it sounds like there's a lot of fans who are already there. He was a productive hitter last year. Mm-hmm. And he was doing that while hurt. Right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Pulling up the number right here. 113 OPS plus. How are you going to argue yeah. that? We don't have a lot of league average hitters right now. <laughs> we do not. So, I mean, well, there's enough, right? We expect to see more than what we have. Right. Right. And we expect to see advancement. Right. So this helps that, though. Not to mention, even if it's simple as, dude, he's one homer shy of 300. He's going to get yeah. that home run. Now, there's nothing else we don't he think. He may get it before he plays in PNC again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you never know. There's not really anything else, right? So he gets to that point. I don't know. I mean, I guess there could be some pirate-specific numbers. Not really. He's over 200 homers. He's not going to steal 18 bags. There's no There's no pirates numbers that he can even get to, right? Sure. So this could be a place where he could say, let me get that 300. Let mm-hmm. me be around the club for one more year. Yeah. Hey, $5 million is not expensive in this market, but let me get $5 million more dollars. Let's not kid around like it's not a still a lot of money. Right. Um. Hey, he's a good enough player. He's a leader. These young players need guys like this. Mm-hmm. So this still is important in that way as well. Yeah. And we signed him the following year to be our head coach. Oh, wow. I'm kidding. Do you? I, I, yeah. Okay, yeah. We're not going to go down that. No, anyway. He's going to be TV. He's not going to be a coach. <laughs> so we wanted to, we wanted to pop in here, right? Mm-hmm. We wanted to talk about this a little bit just because it is, it is not in, I don't believe in this conversation. Um, we assumed this was going to happen. I guess we're still assuming. Sure. You know what I'm saying? There's still a little yeah. bit of assumption here. There has not been anything. We expect this to be an announcement. What everybody's saying, right? Early this week. So Monday, Tuesday, we expect an announcement. Here's McCutcheon. We can put all our posts in there. But, you know, we do a weekly podcast. We wanted this to be part of it. Right. Right. And yeah. Jake didn't get an opportunity to record this week. We're doing this super late, which is why we didn't do an hour long show. Right. Um, 
because we're both really tired and I got to finish this edits and, and get them out. All day. And you just worked <laughs> all day. So here's the deal. Now that you get to pop in, you guys get to yeah. hear from Jake this week, which is good. And hey. it's to say that McCutcheon's coming back. So yeah. we're good. Welcome home. Welcome we're all home, good. Bud. So we're excited. We're excited. Yeah. We, we're we're big McCutcheon fans. I think uh, our mom's probably more excited than we are, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty safe yeah. to say. <laughs> Every time I talk to her, well, when are they bringing cut? When are they going to sign Kutch? You told me they were right. going to sign him. <laughs> she do the same to you? Yep. 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 <laughs> All right. All right. That's it. Um, without any more delay, here's my conversation with Gary. It's a good conversation, guys. Let's go, Bucks. Today is December 18th. I got to say, this one's a little frustrating. Andy Rodriguez had Tommy John surgery. We'll miss the 2024 season. Gary Morgan on today to talk about this and so much more. You're listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. My name is Josh and I'm joined today by our friend Gary Morgan again. Gary Morgan, uh, Gary, Gary Moore, I said last name again. Gary joined about a month ago and coincidentally uh, on that episode we found out about Oviedo's Tommy John. Um, so we're going to do that again. We're going to run it back. And uh, once again, you can listen to Gary on the famous Pirates Fan Forum podcast. And uh, how you doing, Gary? Oh, hang on one second. There you go. Now, how you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm getting along as best I can, you know, uh, trying to deal with being a Pittsburgh sports fan. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. You know what? It's fitting that it's just raining today, too. I guess yeah. I don't know if it's raining there. It's raining here. Yeah, it's raining. Yeah. Sucks. It kind of got me in the mood. I was, you know, we, we find out about Andy, and there's basically a lot of days in between then and now. And so you had your, I had my time where I was like, you got to be kidding me. And then I had my time when I was mad. How do you let this happen? And then I had a time I was like, okay, well, maybe it's, well, now it's like, okay, I'm not really like entirely upset about it, but I still got to maybe, and then the rains came and I was like, yeah, I'm upset about everything now. So we can just be <laughs> upset because it's raining and that works, right? I think the yeah. older I get, the more the rain impacts my mood and the way my knees feel. <laughs> I think people can get mad about whatever they want. I, you know, that, that's your right as a fan to get mad about whatever you want. Yeah, that's a good point. I just choose to get mad about things that I, I feel are controllable, mm. you know? And if, if I feel like there's something controllable that they don't do, you know, then that's when I get irritated. Yeah, so I don't know. We want to maybe start off with that. I don't. Let's go through some of the transactions first, and then work our way into that. Um, Pirates. Acquired. I mean, that should be quick, if nothing else. Yeah, it's you know, there's <laughs> not very many, so right. that's the easy part, which is why we throw them at the beginning. Um, Pirates acquired Billy McKinney from the Yankees for international pool bonus money, which I almost feel like might be more valuable than getting Billy McKinney. Here's the thing. He's not a 40-man roster guy. Indy needs people to play to. 
Uh, so I think that this is insignificant, not a reason to be mad. I saw so many people like, oh, but we got him. No, I mean, whatever. Like he could become Josh Palacios and play well, or he could just be somebody that plays in Indianapolis that we don't have to be mad about. If and, it's the, uh, I think if it's like in the midst of a flurry of other moves and, and whatnot, nobody thinks about it. That's right. Um, I thought Jason Mackey did something that most uh, reporters haven't done. But I think he's reading the room, and when he sent out that tweet, he made sure he included that it wasn't a forty-man move <laughs> right on there. Um, well, I I think you're to the point now where you can't report something normal like that without people just losing their minds. I know it. I this guy, if he plays for the Pittsburgh Pirates in the major leagues, there's been big-time injuries, or um. I mean, all hell would have to break loose, quite honestly. Or he's playing. I mean, well. even in even in the minors, I'm not a hundred percent sure I see a ton of playing time from there. Yeah. Well, he's got a, like Matt Gorski and Frazier yeah. and other guys yeah. like that that I'd rather play. But sure. He's 28. He's a former name, grinding, trying to do something right. I mean, I just there's not even a guarantee he's still here after spring. There's not. I mean, it's. It's depth. I think what it is basically, and I I try to explain it like this to people, a move like this is more like a preemptive uh, waiver claim selection. Okay. (laughs) Like this is like, Hey, if, if everything went bad, we would have to go out and pick up uh, somebody like Kai Tom again off waivers. Oh, jeez, Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like we'd have to do something because we don't think our minor leaguers are ready. Yep. Now, I would say, what do you have to lose on just throwing somebody like Gorski up here? Because right. you're going to lose him one way or another soon. He's going to be an MILB free agent next year. So right. try him or don't. Yeah. I'd rather see that than somebody who's tried multiple times. But you get guys like this for experience. And you yeah. want some of that experience to rub off on your other kids. you know. And while he's not been good, he has hit over 200 in the majors before, which... Again, not good, but you send that down to the minor leagues. There's a lot of these kids that can't say that, that have gotten a taste. There's a lot of these kids that have never gotten a taste and have no idea that that's kind of impressive, (laughs) you know, to get to the next level and do that. So having a guy like that around, if nothing else, this, this is what can happen to you. Top prospect. Don't think you're special. I yeah. like them seeing things like that. I like That's them true. seeing, hey, this second round selection never made it. That could happen. Yeah. Maybe I should buckle up. And this is a first round pick, right? From the Yankees, or actually not from the Yankees. Um, Oakland. Yeah, Oakland made his way to the Yankees. But like, he's got 34 show homers. He's had multiple cups of coffee. He's played well, he's gotten burnt and sent back down. There's a lesson to be learned there, sure. Yeah. So and I, I think I'm it's a good it. lesson to teach to people because right. we're going to be sending people back down a lot. Yeah. Imagine this year, like Nick Gonzalez doesn't make the cut out of spring. And then he goes back down and he's feeling bad about himself. He's number one pick. Yeah. He's had a couple cracks at sticking in this on this roster. Hasn't happened. Now yep. he's back in the minors. He's probably feeling bad for himself. Oh, maybe I'm not going to make it. Oh, look, I'm blocked by so and so. Oh my goodness, they went out and got a free agent. Now they must really think I stick. Well, don't you want him to be around some people that have kind of gone through that before? 
Absolutely. teach him how to pull his head out of it. You know, <laughs> it's going to be okay. There's going to be a hole. You'll see. Like you got to have that stuff. And I, I think that's all signings like this are. Mm-hmm. And the pirates, unfortunately, a lot of the time, those signings have made it to the, to the league. Yeah. And, and they shouldn't, but I don't think that's the case this time. Yeah. Um, another example of that, uh, of, you know, guys not sticking through Rodery Munoz didn't even get to see him. He's, he's DFA to make room for a couple other deals. I don't really know which came first and which one he was making a room for. I think he was making room for Telez the way that they reported it, even though Telez was signed before the trade of Olivares. So it's kind of interesting that way. It doesn't really matter. But the two other moves were acquiring outfielder Edward Olivares from the Royals for single A infielder uh, Davis Nadal and signing Rowdy Telez. $3.2 million with some incentives, I think, to get up to four. It's a very easy one. These are um, actually – I've actually been surprised. I've seen, like, more good for the Olivares <laughs> trade than I have the Telez trade, which I thought was really interesting considering the fact that I felt like Telez filled more of a hole <laughs> than Olivares did. And I'm like, well, I guess Connor Joe's just first base now. Uh, I don't really understand. Uh, well – the Telez thing I look at as a as a a part of an overall solution, I hope. If he is like the solution, then I don't know how you get around the fact that last year there was no mandate to go out and fix first base, and they went out and got G Man Choi, Carlos Santana, and Connor Joe all to help man that position. Now it turned out Choi only played 23 games for the Pirates, but and Santana man most of it. But when they got Choi, I don't know about you, Josh, because, I mean, I don't have that kind of memory where I remember your show at that time. <laughs> but I don't know about you, but I know at the time when they got Choi, I thought, okay, first base is addressed. Let's move on. Yeah. I didn't think they were going to go out and get two other players to do that. And So – for, for them to bring in like Telez this year in a year where they've stated to me they're trying, I don't know that I'm just like hook, line, and sinker going, okay, well, it's Telez. Right. I, they spent $12.5 million on this position last year. I don't see them stopping at three in a year where they claim to be trying harder. It, it's, um, I guess from my standpoint, it's the move currently. You know what I mean? And when they do something else, great. We'll adjust then. So at this point, uh, and, you know, I was on uh, I was on the fan forum with you guys a couple weeks ago, and we were going right. to talk about lineups as is, right? We didn't yeah. get to that because of some things that happened. Um, but if you were going to do, like, lineup as is right now, he's your platoon at first base, right? Yep. And so until something changes, I mean, we just have to – kind of operate under, okay, you know, let's hope this guy bounces back. Let's, you know what I mean? Sure. Has another good year. I I mean, that's all That's all there is, right? I guess uh, I approach it the way I do, though, because I, I'm not mad about it right now. Yeah. But, like, let's say, like, I yep. get to, to March, and yeah. that's all they've done. That's fair. Well, my my opinion's going to change. Like, you, and yeah, it doesn't you set mean, a like, precedence. It doesn't mean, like, I'm going to go from <laughs> he, he is – 
awesome right now to he sucks then. Yeah. I'm not going to change how I feel about the player. Right. But I, I am going to feel differently about the role they're asking this player to fill. So if Telez is a bench bat, platoon at first base, guy that they very likely move, and if, if at all possible, come deadline time, so be it. You know, I, I'm fine with that. If he is the first baseman, I mean, all I can say is uh, regardless of all that Babbitt stuff we talked about, it sounds to <laughs> me like they've got a plan internally, don't they? Yeah. Um, as far as Olivares, um, what do you got there? I know that you know there's there's a little bit of pop there. I've I've heard his defense is bad, um, but there's a good arm. I mean, it sounds like it's you know Henry Davis. Hopefully, a little bit better than that, but maybe not better than what Davis could be had he played it longer. You know what I mean? But yeah, the arm's comparable though. So yeah, it's a really big arm. And, okay, uh, and and it will play in the outfield. Um, I know a lot of people are trying to stick him at center field. That will never happen. He's a corner outfielder at yeah. best, right fielder, um, realistically, mm-hmm. and uh, and the arm will play in right field. He really can throw it. Like he, he's probably, I think, got a seventy grade arm, which is a little less than Henry, but he knows what he's doing with it. And uh, he misplays balls, I would say, and at PNC Park in right field. I mean, good luck not misplaying balls. So I'm not 100% sure you're going to see anything that you know, but people that you trust have already told you he's bad. All I'll say is they think Brian Reynolds is bad and Jack Selinski is bad and Juwan Bay sucks. And and I'm, all I can say is, like, watch with your eyes. Yeah, You'll know, you'll know if you think he's bad. I also would say if he's, like, a nailed-on starter, again – They've probably done something wrong. This is competition for Connor Joe. This is competition for Josh Palacios. This is competition for, you know, a lot of things like that. I'm not even sure this is who they'll bring in and claim as their perceived starter in the outfield. No. I mean, as far as the, I mean, Palacios, you know, I've kind of seen a lot of Palacios platoon option type stuff, and I think that makes sense too, and this would be, uh, initially, I would have just thought that that was Connor Joe, unless Connor Joe's needed for first. And then again, you could say that Triolo could be first against left-handed starters. So you could have Connor Joe out there. This guy can be in the mix in that sort of thing. And I think if he's that type of player, then I think I like what you get. You know, hitting against lefties in the lineup here and there, you know, whatever it, whatever they can do to to get the maximum uh, performance from these guys. A lot of guys, man, overexposed is a thing. They can be good until they play yeah. more. And if you if you limit their time and you give them, you know, kind of that, put them in the positions that they're best suited to play in instead of putting them up against bad matchups for them and things like that, you know, you yeah. utilize people that way. You can get something good out of a number of players and while I wish they would sign a, a legitimate everyday right fielder, sometimes you're in a position where you have to do something like that. I don't yeah. know if they have to, but you certainly could and and do it effectively. I, I mean, I think it's pretty easy to say they don't have to. Right. But 
Oliveris, I mean, if you want to get excited, which I think, why not? I mean, we, we, we tend to like, I see too many people just want to hate these, these kids before they've done anything. Um, just because they weren't Cody Bellinger or something. I yeah. mean, like, um, this kid, if you really want to get excited, the power is very real because hitting home runs in Kauffman Stadium is not easy. True. And if you even look just on baseball reference real quick at like where else he would have had home runs for balls he hit, you could see that the NL Central he would absolutely tear apart. <laughs> just, I saw that graphic of, of yeah, somebody it, saying that, you know, that would be a, a much bigger number. Yeah, it tosses on a bunch more home runs. Point is, he can he can hit the ball in the fielding even. I tell you, like, he doesn't get to every ball, and that's true. But the reason Kauffman Stadium's hard to hit home runs in is because it has a gigantic, cavernous outfield. Mm-hmm. So, again, maybe getting him in a more confined spot like right field will, will help him a little bit. That said, I, I can't sit here and, and and defend getting a guy like that when you're telling me you want to win again, it all goes back to what they've said. If they don't say that stuff, I'm kind of just considering this another part of the rebuild. I wish it wasn't, but it is trying to find some talent somewhere. Yay. Well, 2021, I'm, I have a much different tone about that than 2024. 2024. I don't want you to discover talent that someone else swept under a rug by accident, especially not someone like the Royals. I mean, if you're taking uh, guys that the Royals can't use, I'm sorry. E- even though they're adding right now, my perception is not going to be that you have found some hidden gem nobody had time for. Right. Um. Yeah, I'm there. 27 March. So he'll be 28. Um. So that kind of, I mean... I know the age isn't everything, and some some people break out late, and some people do this and that. But yeah, you got you got a general idea of what's going. He's on. He's Connor there. Joe with a lower batting average. Yeah, and um, I may, uh, more probably a I would, more pop. Yeah, I was gonna say more pop. I did look by the way, home and road splits, more more plate appearances on the road, um, about 11, 12 more games, but you know, fifty, sixty more plate appearances on the road, and he has more home runs at home in that stadium. That's not easy to hit home runs in. So yeah, you and know, he pulls everything. Yeah, yeah, very. Everything pull heavy, is very pull heavy. So which the, he and he and Henry will get along well. <laughs> which maybe isn't the greatest for PNC Park, but either way, if he can get him out, uh, you know, it, it's the power is going to play either way. Yeah. So I think you poke so him too. down the line in, in in left field, you can do well in PNC Park. So what you would hope for in this scenario is that that something else happens and he becomes, you know, irrelevant or or he breaks out or, you know, what I'm saying like if you're looking for hope, if you're looking for something, there's something there. There's something there that could click if he's if he's limited playing time and and you put him in places to succeed or if maybe something like you said with Telez, if something else happens then it's not just to me, and you said the same thing, it's just not worth getting worked up for yet. I said it last week. Christmas Day is halfway through the offseason. So we're not even there yet. We're not even halfway. I said it before too, Josh. I mean, we've had these conversations, you and I especially, a lot. If if this guy manages to pull off a division winner with like a 
uh, a payroll of 75 million, 80 million. <laughs> I, why would I be mad? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Like, yeah. I mean, like, now the second they don't win the World Series, you right away get to rub that in his face that, you know, you might have had a World Series if you just spent a little money, right? But if he manages to do this on a shoestring, we're not going to complain. Ain't nobody going to complain about that. Right. So, like, I don't care if they take little swings here and there. They're not losing anything major yet. I do think the 40 man is starting to get scary full. Like, as far as, like, full, yeah. It's full, but I mean, I think there's only about five that I'm comfortable moving on from unless I have a really locked on replacement. And that's where you're starting to, to, to get to. Well, now moves have to be made because even if they just sign Carlos Santana right now, they're probably mm-hmm. losing a pretty valuable piece. Like somebody that I think will get picked up and play somewhere else. That's what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. is on the verge of being cut here. I made a statement this week uh, before the weekend, and I it was it was in relation to the conversation saying that the the, the cut stuff is heating up and and could possibly get done next week. Um, and I made a statement saying I wouldn't be surprised if there's a trade that might like happen where some some guys on our forty man drop off, and it's because of that same thing because there are guys who have some value on our 40 man that somebody could say we need that type of player. G1 Bay can be a, a speed guy for and you know utility, he's going to continue to to improve and get better and he could be valuable to teams as a bench player, as somebody coming off, running the bases, doing things like that um with some p- positional versatility albeit not great, it's still positional versatility and they could move on there if if they were bringing in another player and and it would probably be a couple right in order to create another 40 man spot for Andrew McCutcheon and the only reason i think that is just because if you don't you're just losing guys off the 40 man right i mean i look at it right now i think i have it down to two easies which is like Kanan Smith and Jigba and and I know that's not easy for some, but he would be an easy one for me, yeah. just because of the they just brought in McKinney and uh, Oliveras. I've got depth. I'm sorry, like they don't believe in Kane Smith and Jigbear. They don't do that. Well, and here's the other thing: at some point, he blows up somewhere else. At some point, you have to say we're willing to allow that to happen. Yeah, and, and, and not be like, oh say, crap, we missed out. Like, no, he had a chance. You also have to say I, the GM, called him up three times and my manager refused to use him. <laughs> so, well, the manager clearly doesn't like him. That's that's interesting. So, yeah. I mean, like, he's not getting called back up. And they had him around the team all last offseason. So that tells you the GM wanted him to be part of the team. He made the opening day roster when it didn't make sense. Mm. The, the coach just wouldn't use him. Doesn't like his game. There's something about it he doesn't like. That's all that you need to know. And no, I haven't heard it, but just you can <laughs> yeah. see they're not playing him. Yeah. Alika Williams. Yeah. He, I mean, the as soon as they decided to protect Cheng in the Roll 5 draft, I was like, okay, Alika Williams is gone. So I think Alika Williams will probably be next up there. Mm-hmm. And then you got like guys I feel like they can't cut unless they replace them. 
And I only see like three of those I'm real comfortable with. Kyle Nicholas, Max Kranich, which kind of hurts me because I don't think he got a fair shake yet. And, right. and all the injury and everything. Yep. And and Bailey Falter. Yeah. And and you can't move on from any of those unless you're replacing them directly with somebody that you think could help right. you get innings this year. So I'm just looking at the 40 man right now and I'm thinking like moves have to start mattering. So like things like Oliveris, yeah, he's nice. Maybe, maybe he turns into something, but that can't be the kind of acquisition that bumps people off of this 40 man that's getting tight. Right. So regardless of what you think they're doing this off season moves from here forward should probably start to matter or at least have a little more impact, I would say. Right. And this is probably the first year. Is it safe to say this is the first year where there hasn't been a number of guys that you've said, you know, uh, what, you know, just he's gone. He's gone. You know what I mean? And and we just, yeah. and, and I could even say Alika Williams and Cannon Smith and Jigba, like we just talked about both those guys. I could see a team having value in either of those two guys. Now, I'm not saying they're going to trade those two guys to a team and get back a starter. Like that's not it. But if you're, if you're throwing in some low minors guys and you're bringing in somebody else, I could see a team saying, Hey, uh, uh, yeah, I'll take CSN or I'll take Alika Williams for defensive purposes or CSN yeah. because I believe in, you know, I mean, he's doing all the videos and the, what is it, driveline he's at now or whatever it is he's doing. And you got, you know what I mean? If you're high on that and you like what he's doing or, you, or you're or you close to that, it, clo- you know, there's a team that I could see saying there's value enough for me to take that player as a throw-in player and not just immediately DFA him. Like there's a little bit there that a team, depending on their needs, could like out of either of those two players. Yeah. And I, I mean, there are, there's a lot of players like that, that uh, in the past that I've been like, yeah, who cares? Like, I mean, it's I not, it's not who cares, it, but <laughs> I like, tend to look at it as situational, you know, like I look around the league. The reason I look around the league, the way I do isn't because I'm being nebby. Like I was trained to be here in Pittsburgh. Yes. It's, it's that I just want to, I want to understand where everybody's at. Because when we start talking about trades, well, you have to have a willing partner and you got to yep. send back something that actually they're going to want. Like, right. yeah, there's somebody that could want Kane and Smith and Jigba. Mm-hmm. My problem is it's probably a team like the A's who would give him a real shot to win out of out of camp, probably. In fact, he probably would make it. Yeah. Um, but what what do they have to send back at this point? Not much. They've already kind of told you they're done rebuilding. They've they, they're done tearing down. Like so, Blackburn is probably off the table. You don't even hear people talking about him because that's somebody that's their foot in the ground. Like we talked about Hayes and Reynolds being our foot in the ground a couple of years ago. Like and Keller, this is where we stop. This mm-hmm. is we've torn down enough. That's it. Right. Well, the A's are doing that now too. So they might want Kane and Smith and Jigba but they're not going to give you back a major league player. And if we're not getting a major league player, we don't really. That's you know? that's the kind of team that you work something out with when he's DFA to make room for Andrew McCutcheon, for instance. Yeah. Then you Maybe end you up do. with that type of trade, right? That yeah. Where it's like, oh, we've DFA'd him. You've got X amount of days to make a deal. That way it doesn't have to be a, a, you know, a claim or whatever. You make a deal with a team like that, you end up with somebody 
in single A or double A that's not right. even close to the 40 man or something like that. Maybe with some upside, maybe not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I what just happens think more that, like, than not is we DFA him. Someone else picks him up. They DFA him. Someone else picks him up. They, he'll probably bounce around. I mean, yeah. I hate to predict something like this for the guy, but he'll probably right. bounce around three, four different teams this year. Most likely. That's just the path forward when you don't make the team. And yeah. like it, you run out of time. And Alika Williams, he got a good long run, a lot longer yeah. than he probably should have last year. He showed he can play defense like almost nobody. But he, you know, a pirate team can't afford to have that on their bench. A team like Cleveland might be able to, because Cleveland, no. well, but Cleveland likes defense and they yeah. and they don't mind having a defender on their bench. I'm saying like teams that think they're in it, the Royals, maybe they, they need a bench defensive guy. Yeah. But you're gonna look around. I could see I could see some that, Yeah, I could see some like offensive powerhouse teams, right? Adding a guy yeah. like that to say Atlanta hey, late inning defense. We want to get a guy out there. You know what I mean? I, that's Atlanta is a great opportunity. Sure, like, Atlanta would be a good fit because yeah. Atlanta he he could find a, a a good role off the bench where he's not expected to contribute offensively, but they need him to lock down the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning at that shortstop. Mm-hmm. Perfect example of of a team he could go to, but it's such a rare fit. Well, it just I, isn't. Could you just wait until Atlanta makes a trade and then go get one of the guys they just traded for? Because that's what they just keep doing. (laughs) (laughs) They got Marco Gonzalez. They dealt him. They got Max Stassi. They dealt him. And they just got somebody else that they said, our goal is to move this guy. (laughs) Like Atlanta is 100% working as the market correction service for the league. What in the world? They They are filtering everything through them and back out. Uh, redistributing talent and and taking payroll chop by chop off of it as they go to the point where like the final destination doesn't really have to pay the full price and they're making it okay that these people are getting contracts till they're 42 years old and and, and stuff like and the funny thing it, is is they're going to pay a tax this year they're going to be yeah. over the threshold doing this <laughs> yes they are <laughs> And I that, have I mean, not like, figured that. I have not figured that one out. I don't understand the incentive of it. All I can say is like they're they're getting pieces they absolutely want, and they're using eating salary as a way to do it. Mm-hmm. So you can you can question a lot about their methodology and are they smart and is this going to work for them? And but they're getting players that they want and they think are going to help them win, and it's really hard to argue with them. Right, it's a it's a big risk moment for them right now because I think there's a lot of pressure. They have been, uh, at least in the discussion, of baseball's best team now for two or three years and have nothing to show for it. <laughs> and I think that they're like, hey, our, our time's going to run out. We've got to fix the problems that are that, that exist here. We, they can't keep losing in the postseason and expecting – that to be just okay. It's okay if you want to be a really competitive team and win 100 games and then lose in the postseason. As a fan of that team, I'm still like, what a great year we had. And then you do it the next year, and you're like, another great year. Man, I really wish we could go further. And then you do it again, and it's like, all right, guys, if we're just going to win 100 games every year, we're going to have to win a championship before too long. Well, maybe they're just uh, doing what national baseball media tells them to do and following the Dodgers model. Because... <laughs> They've been in the playoffs for 10 straight years and only won one World Series. So, right. Um, 
I, I don't know. How many different ways can you say that money doesn't win in baseball? <laughs> but it sure does give you a better opportunity. Yeah, and every time I say those words, I get blasted for it. You can't buy wins with money. You buy win. You buy uh, talent with money, and talent can win. But you can also have talent by not spending money. It's just harder to do year in and year out. You can't sustain it, and let that be something that needs to be critical because it also sounds like I'm making excuses for the Pirates. But no, it's it's still a, it's still a criticism of you can't do it all the time. Um, I think, uh, boy, and are we going to go? Okay, we're going to take a little rabbit hole because uh, you said something Thursday that is really interesting in my thought process and something that I kind of feel is different between you and I. And that is, um, you said if you were going to play GM, you would never touch free agency. And on my side, I think my way would be I would never trade away talent I would always hoard talent and give them opportunities to move up and then only add via free agency for like one and and maybe two year deals to get me a a competitive team for that season. And that way it still gives the opportunity to that young guy who maybe isn't ready there. If there's an injury or, Hey, next year there's, you know, you could, you could be the, the filler of this, of this hole. So I would say first base is a problem. Let's address it with a one year deal. Now, first off, we've got no prospects at first base either. So maybe a multi-year deal would be understandable there or a trade would be worked out in a scenario like that. However, let's say we had a guy that's close, but not there. And then it's for me, it's one year deals are easy. I sign them and they play well. I ride it. If they don't play well, you make you do something to make a move. If your team's not playing well and he's playing well, flip him and get more talent. Every single year I would do that because I would want the talent first. Getting a really good prospect doesn't mean a really good prospect's going to turn into a really good major major league baseball player. Get 10 of them and one of them has a pretty good chance of doing that. <laughs> I think at the at its core um I I think it's fair to specify that we're both talking about what we would do if we were GMs of the Pirates mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the restrictions that we know Bob Nutting puts on the team. Yes. Like, for instance, let's say that Ben Charrington last year didn't necessarily want to to trade Choi and Rich Hill because he knew what it was going to do to his pitching staff the rest of the year. Let's just say he doesn't necessarily get that choice. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I just think that there's a lot of things that are taken away from his arsenal of ways you could go about doing things because of the way the owner runs things. So if I were Bob Nutting's GM, yeah, I wouldn't mess with free agency and I would have traded Brian Reynolds. I wouldn't have extended him and I would have traded David Bednar last year. And hmm. I definitely would this off season. And I'm sorry, I would be emotionless and heartless, and I wouldn't care what the fans think, um, just like the Rays do. And I would win, but I wouldn't win at all, probably, because I'd <laughs> never be given enough money to actually win at all. And I'm sorry, at its core, that's what being a Pittsburgh Pirates fan is. 
we know the owner's not going to give us what we need. So you need the GM to be smarter than everybody else and make it work. Right. Yeah. And uh, I also know that he's told things he can and can't do behind the scenes and things he can and can't add and guys he has to sign and guys he has to retain. And he doesn't get to make his own decisions on all this stuff. And, and that's not the way most sports organizations successfully run. No. So Despite- given those limitations, <laughs> I would absolutely screw you, the fan, and get myself a great winning percentage in the regular season. Just like Mike Tomlin. Hmm. There it is. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. I mean, that the, the, you're not going to like right. perennially be in a World Series conversation here unless you do it 100% organically self-driven through your organization, which takes years. Yep. The Rays sucked for 10 years. They had Wade Boggs and everybody. They got in the expansion draft and they stunk for 10 years and they did nothing but develop and develop and develop. And they got better at developing. Mm -hmm. And then they came up with this plan where we ain't even going to try to keep anybody. And like Wander Franco took care of it for them, you know, from being an idiot, but he wasn't going to finish that contract in, in Tampa. No way. Glassdale didn't finish his contract. Everyone freaked out. Oh, look, they extended him. No, uh, no. he's, he's actually playing time. that year in LA. Yep. We knew the whole time that was never going to happen. It's just the way it is. Look, they're going to trade a Rosarena. I would say and, and, too, uh, I, you know, you could look at Cleveland and, and just as another point, They've done this too. They're so good at developing pitching. So good at it. And it took them a minute to get there, but they've been riding this for a long time. It has been a long time that they've been able to produce pitchers like Kluber and and Bieber and and so on. You know what I'm saying? Like they it's like now they have four guys in a rotation and you're like I've never heard of them and they're all dealing. And you're like what is go-? they cannot sign. They should not sign a starting pitcher long-term ever because they're going to keep churning them out. And even with that said, and I'm, and I'm saying that they do a great job at it. Even with that said, and this goes back to what you said about how you can't sustain winning. They had a rough year last year. They couldn't score any runs. They had some injury problems on their pitching staff. They couldn't quite put together in every single season, what you would like to put together even with a good, they have a good program. It's not falling. It's going to be right. fine. They're going to do fine this year if they can score enough runs, but they're pitching. They're going to continue with, now, granted, it's up to the players, but they've got a good development system there, which means they can pop up and compete in a year like they did two years ago at any time. They get some guys that have a hot offensive year. You're going to score enough runs to win because that's what they do. And I don't care if you're better at the offensive side or the pitching side. At some point, there has to be something that you get really good at. And you could say, all of our young hitters come up and they rake. We sign one and two-year deals for pitching to get us through that year. I mean, that's what Baltimore just did. They don't have great pitching, and they won a 100 and so many games last year because they have a young core of offensive players who raked. And so it doesn't matter what side you're on. You have to be able to fill. Now, maybe they didn't fill their starting pitcher with good enough guys to get in the postseason. I also believe that Zach Gallen made a lot less money than some of their pitchers did, and he was great in the postseason. Brandon Fott was great. It doesn't matter how much they cost. If you want me to prove I'm psychic, I'll tell you how the Orioles will move forward. 
They'll be good for about two, three more years here. Really good. They'll, and I, they haven't even brought up holiday yet. Right. <laughs> I right. mean, and they will. And some of these young kids that just came up last year, they're going to get even better yet. Right. I bet that team is a juggernaut offensively. I really do. They need pitching. They're going to have to move some of it to get pitching. Sure. For one thing, because they can't afford to go out and buy it on the market any more than the Pirates can. Right. Whether you believe it or not, <laughs> they can't. So they're going to end up trading some of it. And then the owner's already on record saying we can't afford to keep all these players because yeah. he knows he can't. No, so and, they'll sign Adley and they'll yeah. sign a couple other guys and then it'll slowly either fall apart and they'll try to hold on or they'll be really smart and they'll go out and they'll trade somebody like Anthony Santander this year mm-hmm. before they lose him for nothing and get something else for him to restock the system and keep the ball moving. Yeah, you can never lose a player for nothing in this it's all camp. up to them how they how they handle this it's either a three or four year window or they're probably more like the rays and they just stay okay in the conversation for a decade mm-hmm. maybe you fall off the table once every every 10 years but it's it's a reality that this system creates and i just hate when we avoid reality when we pretend that like Anybody could go out and be in on Cody Bellinger. I'm fighting with some idiot right now on, online about it. Cody Bellinger's estimated 12 years, $236 million is what Boris is asking for. Nobody that that is worried about their finances in any way, shape, or form is going to ink a deal like that. Uh, that's, that's eventually going to be a bad contract. It's a guaranteed bad contract. Yeah. yeah. And this is for a guy that has sucked. Two out of the last three years. Yeah, he turned it around, but he was a rookie of the year before that. Are we just forgetting about like the dip? He's an MVP. I mean, that's, a, that's an awful long time to commit to somebody like that, that a team like the Pirates can't afford to make a mistake there. Can't. You could look at the AAV and go, oh, yeah, they should be able to afford it. <sighs> Technically, but they can't afford to say yes for 12 straight years. We're going to do that. In, including right. when he's 42 and can't run anymore. Right. I mean, like, there, there's I think just anybody who gets him baseball. to a long-term contract should be putting him at first base. And you can say what you want about how good he is in the outfield, but he's also good enough to be a gold glover at first base, too. He's a very good He first sounds base like player. a giant to me. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're, uh, man, I just, that's, I told, I told you before, we're just going to talk and we've got some things, but we're just going to talk. So I like that. Let me, that's really uh, the best format to have me as a guest, man. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, let me cover a couple things here because we've been talking a lot about uh, the TV contracts and and how everything's gone, and that's league-wide, how bad it's been, and blah, blah, blah. Um, Pirates did make their decision that they are going with Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Tons of reports on this. You can kind of see that, so we understand that um, basically they – Joining in with the Penguins as as owners of of their own RSN, it doesn't sound like it's a long term thing. Um, they chose not to go the MLB route. Maybe they'll keep an eye on MLB, see how that goes. Um, there's going to be some. Uh, first off, I'm going to go ahead and say that I do not believe it's going to be the same revenue that they brought in from AT and T Sportsnet, which was believed to be around fifty million. It won't and, be there. He said it won't. It's yeah, not. it's not going to be. And I think there's going to be a learning curve. I don't know if they can ever get that out of it. I mean, they've got to run the whole thing. 
and you're splitting it and um, using MLB wasn't either. It wasn't going to get you all of that. It's I don't say that as a complaint. Um, I'm just saying I, that, you know what I mean? I, that's what we're seeing, that revenue is certainly going down, which is great for a small market, low revenue team. And, you know, whatever. Um, the second thing is Travis Williams has claimed <laughs> that this scenario would not impact the way the Pirates approach the offseason. Um, it might not change his plan or Bob's Bob Nutting's plan, but um, I don't know. I Let's humor him for a second. He's either lying. Um, they've already planned on spending within certain constraints or they've just been spending to their means. And now they're going to, uh, because their means just lowered. <laughs> if that makes sense, they're still, it didn't change. We're spending to our means. You know what I mean? But either way, I just find it hard. I don't think even the pirates are claiming they're spending to their neat, their means. I don't think I've ever heard that claim. I think they just right. have a budget. Right. I also it, know they do their budgets based on what they brought in last year, not what they're going to bring in next year. They well, don't do forecasting. They do last year's. So then that so, would actually make the most sense of why they're saying it doesn't impact it. Right. So they already knew what they were going to do this year. And, you know, again, I'm going to quit dancing around it. It's going to be 85 to 90. I know the number. So it's what it is. Yeah. I just, it's, it's, uh, and, and obviously something could pop up and change that, but I don't see it. That said, Kutch popped up last year. So mm -hmm. who knows what happens there, but I think right. it's going to be between 85 and 90. I don't believe the TV deal changes it all that much. Um, down the I, road, I th down the road. I don't think there's going to be much of a down the road. Okay. Like, I think you're talking about, a couple of years and that's not enough to forecast anything with, with TV. Right. Um, plus they get to make money based on the penguins too. And the penguins suck right now. So, and unlike the pirates, penguins fans don't watch when they suck pirates fans do. Hmm. So the penguins needed the pirates every bit as much as the pirates needed the penguins here for one thing. That's why they got part ownership. Right. The interesting thing to me is being tied directly to a Red Sox property through Nesson mm -hmm. um, because if the Red Sox do well, it helps the Pirates. I mean, like this is literally a cross-pollination of an awful lot of things, and none of them are married to it. But I will say Nesson is just as stable as the Yes Network, mm -hmm. and um, which means it's not going to go anywhere until they want it to go somewhere or major league baseball finds a new solution for how to broadcast their games, which we all know is where this is all heading. Right. Yeah. And I thought that going to MLB would kind of be like the long-term solution. Even if they went this year, I would, I would say it, I, I thought that that move would have been investing into the long-term um, situation. Um, understanding that, kind of as as like an attempt to to fix if if you call them broken revenue streams in the league and hopefully get closer to some sort of revenue reformation of sorts <laughs> um I, I don't know man i it seems interesting to me it sounds like with the money not being that different and knowing that it's possibly short term anyway it sounds like this was the move that kept their programming, that um, kept everything on the same channel for people to not have to 
adjust, which I, I see a lot of value in that. I think the Pirates would have been um, definitely considering the fact that, well, if we if we want to just remain available to people and have things not change, this would be a good way to do it. And I think that there's a lot of value in that for the Pirates after a year where the, their viewership went up. Yeah. And I would say Nassen already has an established streaming uh, platform with uh, the Red Sox and um, right. and Bruins. So I fully expect them to bring that to Pittsburgh at some point. So if you're somebody that doesn't have cable and you want to be able to stream, I, I believe that will get addressed. I think Travis Williams even said he expected that. Um, he said as soon as possible, what I saw. Right. So obviously it's it, it's it's part of what held this deal up, I would imagine, a little bit. Because yeah. the, the Pirates are desperately afraid to lose some of their audience. And they do get a ton of viewership on, on AT&T Sportsnet. They've outdrawn the Penguins for quite some time. Yeah. Um, which is crazy, I know. But when the Penguins are bad, again, Penguins fans don't watch. And more and more NHL games are migrating to like ESPN and, and TNT too. So you're seeing less games on, on your local um, cable channel to begin with. So that said, major league baseball's bigger problem is just figuring out how that's going to work mm-hmm. because nothing really else can be done until they figure out that revenue stream. And it's got to find a way to be consistent. At least it certainly can't be threatening the existence of franchises, which it is right now. Right. I mean, it's a, we've, we've covered it on here too. And I mean, there's so many teams right now who are just transparent about it. Revenue uncertainty, TV revenue is what drives these, it's what creates big and small markets. That's why we how even use that word. Get, how often do they get to cry poor and have and have provable facts? About it? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I mean, there's we don't no, know what they're losing, but true. And 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 that's kind of one of the things where I'm like, meh. That's kind of one of the things where I'm like, are the were the pirates even like impacted by that because they didn't push for a better deal when they could? If this isn't impacting them, they're losing money. They're, no, they're, they're going to lose money on this. If it doesn't impact your payroll, then you weren't spending to what you should be spending in the first place, which is what we're all critical of. And what we all keep telling them is you have more money to spend. And now no. that nothing's changing, they're kind of proving that to us. The TV money is all about them negotiating at terrible times. You know, the last time they negotiated their TV deal was right after uh, 2016. When the team, you know, had come off of that crescendo and crashed mm-hmm. and people were already done buying the bridge year crap, you know, and, and then they had to go and renegotiate and AT&T. They're not stupid. They've been around for a while. I mean, they're not anymore, but they were around for a while yeah. <laughs> and they, they looked at the pirates and they said, yeah, you ain't fooling me. You're going to stink for a decade now. We know what, we know how this goes and we know what happens to the viewership. So yeah. Guess what? You're not getting more money. They literally got more than they got reportedly than the the deal they had previously with the same network. Like after a playoff run. So I mean, yeah, did they negotiate poorly? What were their options? How many regional sports networks are out there? Right. You know, like, right. Even at the well, time. Well, and it wasn't even necessarily that I was expecting them to go somewhere else, but we saw so many other teams getting new deals with the same company 
And because of the way that things had gone, everything had gone up. Now, if you were renegotiating that last year, you'd you'd be losing, right? Because they're like, oh, or we can just not do it at all. Because <laughs> it seems like everybody's given up. Right. And maybe that's a result of all of these deals going higher and higher. And then all of a sudden, regional sports networks or the parent companies are saying, this ain't making us money. The deal More, that the Dodgers have is killing their cable company. Oh, it's killing their cable company. It is. It's and wild. But they're so legally locked in that they will, if they file for bankruptcy, the Dodgers will still get paid and that network will still exist. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. They they have such a sweetheart deal with them and, and it's you'll never see it again. And the Yes Network, you're not going to take that down. The, net, the Yes Network will probably exist even if Major League Baseball does consolidate all of all they'll do is just buy the rights from the Yes Network to broadcast Yankees game. <laughs> like right. the, the Yes Network is huge. If you've ever gone to like New York, New Jersey, it's 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 gigantic. And and the programming is not just an inside Pirates baseball once a week. They've got a ton of crap that they right. do. So I, I just I think they're gonna have to find a solution that doesn't destroy what some of these big teams have built, which is admittedly a beautiful thing. If right. you follow I mean that- a sports team. It's great. Yeah. But it's that's tough in that way. It is making some things unfair, but at the same time like uh, you know what I mean, but at the same time is it is it I mean they've they've put in the hard work, they've made the investments, they've done their deal. I don't understand in in a same in a similar fashion to say like good job. What else am I going to say? Unfortunately, we just can't do it. We're unable to build the same thing. At least as profitable just right. simply by not people Anyway, uh, we should move to Andy just to say we we talked about it at this point because <laughs> we are we're close to the end here. Um, as I as I said before at the beginning, um, I've had you know we've had some time to sit in this for a while. We've had our our thoughts here there, and we've heard everybody's takes all week. How dare they let him play? Winter ball means nothing. Um, now we know why they said Henry Davis will catch. The Ali Sanchez deal makes sense now. And some of that is maybe true, and some of it is definitely not, and some of it is maybe not. Uh, it, it's really hard. Um, Andy came off the IL back in April. I'm going to go into this first. Uh, did you hear about it again? No, you didn't hear about it again. Did you see any signs that Andy couldn't throw 80-plus miles an hour to second base and get – base stealers out. No, because he did that. The assumption that he had an injury after playing five months, seemingly pain-free, is pretty targeted, in my opinion. And it's a way to call out the front office that you previously did not like anyway and put the blame on them. Is it possible they knew? Is it possible that it was bothering him? Is it? Yes. And once that would come out, then you could then I would make up my mind that that was poor decision making and blah blah blah. Even if he was hurting, there's a good chance he's not told them he's hurting. He's 24 years old. And he's in the show. If I was 24 years in the old and I was in the show and something hurt on me, you better believe I'm not saying anything because I'm getting to play right now and I will continue to get to play before I'll go and you have to take young players out. They will never take themselves out. And if they did, 
I think I'd have more questions. <laughs> he never went back on the IL, but he did have another incident where he he threw a ball and it it didn't even get to second base. They pulled him out of the game. Hmm. He was out of the game for a, a couple weeks. This was in the minors before he got oh, his okay. promotion. Um, and it was just a couple weeks before his promotion. He came up. And in the year before that, he had elbow problems. Same exact time that O'Neill Cruz had elbow problems. So um, there's a history there. Does that mean that, sure. that he shouldn't have played winter ball? Um, I don't know. Ronald Acuna was playing, and he just had his ACL repaired. Like, if anybody needs a break from baseball, it's Ronald Acuna. Wow. He's down there playing. I just think, and I said all this on my show, but there's reasons these kids play in winter ball that we'll never understand. We'll never understand. Like, we'll never be able to go, that makes total sense that that, that 10-year veteran Major League Baseball player wants to go down and play Winter League Baseball on a bumpy cow pasture with a bunch of kids that don't know what they're doing, getting thrown at, you know, by by some 18-year-old that has no idea where his fastball is going. There's a reason they want to, and it's because it's national loyalty, it's pride, it's you have no idea the people that are involved in running these leagues and what they're owed by who mm. throughout the years to and and David Ortiz is a, a perfect example of somebody who went down and played winter ball when he was 38 years old. Do you think he needed the money or training? He played two games. He was on the team the whole time. He played two games incidentally against the owner of his team's mortal enemy down there. So he owed them, right? I mean, like <laughs> I think they, they, there's a lot of it too, where they care about it. They get an opportunity to play in front of family and friends that they don't normally sure. get to play in front of. They get to play with and against their compatriots, which is a big deal for them. They play a different brand of baseball down there that is is a lot more fun and loose. And they enjoy that. And I think being, you know, playing in in the MLB for those players a lot of times, that summer can feel like a grind, like because there's so much business involved, it can get to a certain place. And I think going back to your roots and getting an opportunity to go out and be loose and have fun and not worry about this, that, and the other. I mean, this is extremely important to, to, to Latin players and specifically Dominican yeah. players. And it's one thing to just say, no, like I've heard the take that, as an organization, you should just say, no, winter ball, we're not doing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you say that, you're also saying no WBC. It's uh, it's off the table. It's the same no thing. No Olympics. No. Yeah. Well, is, there, is, is baseball coming back to the Olympics? Why are we talking it about is. the Olympics? It, it is? is. Okay. Yeah, in, in, in Los Angeles in 2025. I, I, I've heard the take about the significance of, of the Olympics. I, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I, I'll, I'll say it 100 times. I've played slow pitch softball games that have more significance to me than any Olympic thing I've ever watched in my life. I don't care about them. I don't care if somebody can go down a hill on his skis. I don't care if somebody can do a flip on ice skates. I don't care if somebody's running around a circle. I, I just don't care. It's not significant to me. And for these players to, to tell them what's significant to them and what's not, you can't do that. Everybody has their own opinion. And I'm not saying that the Olympics are stupid and they should cancel them because a lot of people love them. A lot yeah. of people sit and they watch them and they think it's this incredible thing. And I love that. 
I, I just, it's not for me. I don't like it. It's completely irrelevant and insignificant to anything in my life. I do I not think the turn pirates, the pirates in particular are a team that, I mean, they, they have a lot of reason to, to not think that along those lines, as far as pulling people out of the, the winter leagues, because they're very, very highly invested in the Dominican yeah, Academy sure. down there. And, and they and they they are according to just about everybody in baseball the most organized down there, mm-hmm. and they have the best facility, and they they have a full scale training facility where these kids go to school and, and stuff. They're not going to tell somebody they can't go and play in in the no. Dominican. Now, I I mean like if there's and I know where you're talking to. about this was you know this was Dayon's daily shot everybody was talking about it, right so okay he he's the one that kind of went after him and everything and. No, I don't work for him. I just have a podcast on his network. I'm allowed to disagree with him. And yes, I would to his face. And yes, I have to his face. <laughs> but uh, this one in particular, I just thought this was raw. Hurt that you lost a player. Mm-hmm. Sour grapes. And you just want like, it's not realistic to think that you're not going to have winter ball. You're not. And, and lastly about Andy, man, the kids stunk last year yes. hitting the baseball. So like, <laughs> well, my point is like, he's down there trying to get better at, I, Something that he needs to get better at. Don't you want them doing that in the off season? 67 yes. OPS plus we need. And we think that this guy is good offensively. Like we think that his talent is very good offensively. So yeah, make that happen. And you said it. Uh, I think you used the Denny's parking lot analogy. I have been using, he could have hurt this in his garage hitting BP off a of tee. Brubaker got his reaching for a fork. You know what I mean? I'm so just saying I, like, it's if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. That said, just from you know, you know me, I've tried to understand this elbow thing. We we had an expert on our show. We talked to him about it. We talked mm-hmm. to several others off of the air. From everything I understand, there are warning signs that that are accessible and easy for every team to see that these are coming, or at least there's a propensity for it to potentially crop up with somebody just from basic measurements that they do on people. Do you think that's easier on, on uh, pitching or is that across the board? I do. But when a guy has a history of elbow issues, I'm expecting those scans have been done and are probably being kept up on. So, yeah. So I'll say, I didn't know that he had elbow issues last year. I saw the stuff early this year and then it didn't pop up again after early this, like certainly Never came up when he was. Let with me the remind Pirates. you. Let me remind you because you'll remember as okay. soon as I tell you. Okay. Cody very famously on Cody with a K on Twitter very famously last year said that he was completely fine, and then he got shut down for a couple of weeks, and then everybody went out on Twitter. I'm sure you saw it. Okay. The, this this is that period of time, yeah. and he got pulled out of a game. There was that really weird video of the throw that that didn't go anywhere. Everyone was like freaking out. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up just getting shut down for a couple of weeks and he was fine. Mm -hmm. That that was the the incident last year. And that was still, that was still May though, right? June, I would say. I think it was early June. When did he get called up? I thought that he was up in June. No, Andy didn't get called up till later. Yeah. It was Henry in June, right? Yeah, he only got yeah. 200 bats, man. I think he came up in August. So, no, no July, July, or July August. 17th. Yeah. 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 So, 
he was up there, but like the, that that little scare that happened sometime in June, and it slowed him down getting here. To be honest, like because he got shut down for a couple of weeks, and yeah, then all of a sudden they were fine. It wasn't anything to worry about. Oviedo had a little bit of a moment on on the mound last year where he he threw that ball. This was like his third to last game, and he looked a little weird. We saw Mitch Keller, yeah, I remember have that, and everybody was like, uh oh, and yep. that was okay. Well, now, like, all I'm going to say is I'm not blaming the Pirates for the injuries. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they're smart enough to be able to prevent them because Lord knows every team has them. But when you have warning signs, I don't trust them anymore when they put them back out. Even Vince Velasquez, we were told, was okay after a couple weeks down. Yeah. And then, boom, one game back. And what does he need? Tommy John. That's to me, irresponsible. I'm I'm not shocked they're having a hard time signing mm -hmm. pitchers. Right. And I and I and I'm I'm all there. Like we talked about this too with Oviedo. That was certainly the same thing. Uh the Andy stuff has been different to me. I if Andy's it, different, yeah. Yeah, not, it's a different a yeah, it's a different scenario because he's not a pitcher and because this is um I mean, we've seen this with with Harper, we've seen this with a couple of other guys. Um, I mean, Max Muncie actually hurt his non-throwing arm swinging and had to have Tommy John on his non-throwing arm. Right. And I had wondered, because that's what made me that's what made me um, think about this, because I wondered, well, Bryce Harper is a player who throws right-handed and bats left-handed. Andy Rodriguez is a switch hitter, so he's batting left-handed. And I wondered if it had anything to do with following through with your throwing arm and what kind of an impact that made on this injury. And then I read about Max Muncie getting, he's also a right-handed thrower, left-handed hitter, and hurts his left arm. So, I mean, like, I, I understand that, like, these things can just happen. I don't know. Sure. If, if Andy's hurt, if Andy has any kind of nagging injury, and they do tests, I, I have, you have two options. You have, okay, get, get Tommy John surgery in, in May then. That's it. Because if it's broke, it's broke. And there's nothing else you're going to do except get Tommy John surgery. You're either going to wait and do it after the season when it pops, or you're going to do it right now. I mean, that's all there is. I mean, that's take your pick, Andy. You got an opportunity to make it to the majors now and to grind through this. And then maybe it feels better. Chances are it's not going to, and you're going to have to have surgery or he could have shut it down right then and there, missed all of 23 and half of 24, and then start. he's not coming up till 2025 at that point. And I'll say there's a lot of things the Pirates do wrong. We can blame them for things that actually happen. I don't need to make <laughs> things up to be angry with them about. Mm -hmm. um, this is just an unfortunate situation, really. Yeah. Where I see a pattern is the Vince Velasquez thing, the yeah. Johan Oviedo, Oviedo thing, yep. the – he just it's and I and we saw a lot of bullpen guys like um Perdomo mm -hmm. is another guy who they had backed off on because he was feeling some numbness and then um they felt okay well he's okay they brought him back from the IL he pitched one game boom Tommy John again so they're missing in my mind warning signs yeah and or they're not believing the injury when, when it first crops up and they need to, because maybe they could get partial UCLs for people instead of full blown UCLs, you know? Okay. 
That's kind of where I was going with that. It's like, what's the, what's the alternative? I mean, they're either getting it or they're waiting till it pops. Like Vince got a partial, for okay. instance, yes. which is why people think he's going to be back earlier this year. But the full surgery is, you know, 14 to 16, 18 sure. month right. recovery. The partial is 9 to 12, usually closer to 12. So, so Vince should be back sometime like May, June, right? But Vince has been pitching for 10 years. Vince knows his arm mm-hmm. and knows what's wrong. And when Vince pulled himself out that first time, they sent him down. And yeah, it felt better. And it felt better to him. Mm-hmm. But he's not looking internally. Right. They are. His doctors are. And I'm sure he got multiple yeah. opinions. But to put him right back out there three weeks later and have it crop up, like, I'm sorry. Like, there's no way for me to look at that without the team at least didn't do what was best for this player. Right. And, and maybe I've seen it a couple times now. I don't like that pattern. And I just free agents pay attention to that stuff. Derek Shelton says it all the time. Josh, these guys care about how we use the bullpen. They know they're not going to get overtaxed. They know all that, that stuff that we consider him a wuss for (laughs) he's doing because that's what players expect and want. Mm -hmm. And, so to see them fall on their face, I, I all I'm saying is free agents pay attention. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I I don't. Yeah, it's really interesting. The Andy situation. I mean, like I said, entirely with you on on the pitching side. The Andy situation. I, if he's got any say in that, I'm doing exactly what he did. From a personal standpoint, I'm making my day. De- hey, guess what? He gets a major league contract on the injured list this year. Yeah. Well, he clearly does have a say. And and when they're <laughs> concerned, when they're concerned, they say no. Oh, no, Cruz yeah. isn't go- isn't playing. Right. Right. They kept right. him at the FCL, and and then they let him go to the Dominican um, complex league that they yep. run down there because they they can keep an eye on him and they can pay attention to him and he can be near his family, which is you know what he wanted to do. Right. And but they're not going to let him play. Right. Because that, they have a concern. Not that we'll go down this road, but it's his height, right? That's the only reason he's struggling to come back from this. Because taller guys have a hard time. I don't time. really know that he's struggling to come back from it. You think the timetable was just early to begin with? Well, the timetable was never set in stone. Sure. And August was fed to us as like a potential absolute best case scenario. But right. I mean, like I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I said at the time, like zero chance, like I, yeah. I've shattered my ankle before. I, I you know, you ain't coming back from that. I mean, like, I'm right. not even an athlete, but I yeah. know how long it took me to get back on the rank. I, I remember, so, <laughs> I remember, I think that we kind of said it's, it's, it's probably more like, you know, late September. And then, you know, we had the speculation that if it was going to be late September, what's the point, yep. you know what I mean? And so, you know, I, I get that, but like. I think that it feels like there's even more of a like he's not even ready now. It actually would be nice to see him get some get some at bats. <laughs> not uh, not that I maybe need to you see missed, it. not that I need maybe to see you it, missed uh, Derek Shelton's interview at the winter meetings because he talked about like having seen him and he's doing really well and he got to see him do batting practice and play yeah. in the field and he he's looking good. They're happy with him. He saw him down in the Florida, um, okay. uh, Bradenton where they had him training and happy with what he's seeing. I think what what people misunderstood as a setback last year was really 
just you don't have a procedure like that without having a ton of scar tissue. Yeah. And and just when you start moving it again, mm. it's gonna hurt. And it hurts. And it's it's really pain threshold mm. at that point. Like what, what can you deal with? And then the doctors will tell you, are you causing more structural damage or are you just knocking off some scar tissue? Right. Most of the time you're knocking off some scar tissue. Guys get used to that stuff. And Katie had to go in for manipulation uh, because her scar tissue had started to heal or whatever, and she couldn't have full range. So they had to, under anesthesia again, go in and break all that up. And yep. which was a setback for her. I mean, obviously she's not a pro athlete either, but and yeah. very far away from six foot seven. <laughs> that's what I say though. Anybody that's actually had something break. Yeah. Well, you know what, what he went through. Like <laughs> it's, it's not a quick recovery. And like, just to get back to like being full hundred percent O'Neill Cruz, I, I wouldn't be shocked if like in spring there's days where, yeah, and he's moved a little too much left or right, and mm. the ankle's really sore. You can see him give him a day off. I don't think it means he's not ever going to be okay, or there won't come a day when he forgets about it. But yeah, you see guys have ACL or whatever in the NFL, and then they don't trust themselves again. Like it's the same kind of thing. It's up to the athlete how they come back. Yep. Well, um, the Pirates don't have to make moves for people like you and I to have no shortage of things to talk about. So um, we'll ha- we just basically have to cut it off at some point, right? I always tell Jake when we get around the the hour time, like, okay, um, the real ones are still listening and they can keep listening or they can turn it <laughs> off. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. <laughs> I don't care if we go over because people are either already turned us off or they'll just turn us off. <laughs> it's true. So, it's true. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. Um, Jake working super late tonight, so this will allow me to go to bed at a decent hour. And so <laughs> this is great. Um, always appreciate having you on. And um, if you guys aren't listening to the Pirates Fan Forum, uh, where have you been? And go listen to it. <laughs> uh, this week's going to be fun, doing the Christmas episode this week. So Yeah, why don't you plug a little bit of that? Because it's this Thursday, right? Well, I wish I could, but see, my partner Jim hasn't told me what time we're doing it yet because he was supposed mm. to ask his boss, his wife, what time we're doing it. Okay. So as soon as I know, I'll plug it, but it will be Thursday. Okay. I'm fairly certain, and I'm I'm shooting for 8 p.m. I think that's a nice time to do Twas the Show Before Christmas, and that's what we're going to do. And we're going to sing some silly pirate song parodies, and we're going to do some <laughs> funny polls, and we're going to do – we're going to just have a fun show. I mean – no sour grapes, no whining, and you watch because they're the pirates. They'll do something really stupid the day before and ruin my plan. <laughs> Stick to it. <laughs> Stick to I'll it. I'll have to have a bonus show to talk about actual baseball. That's yeah. right. Like, that's <laughs> right. Have a bonus show, and then you know. But that's really fun. We're gonna we're gonna try to do something. Certainly not at the level that uh, we're not gonna be singing. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Jim but, won't either. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I could have pinpointed that one for sure. <laughs> Jim will be mad at me for that. But <laughs> all right, that's uh, that's it for today. Appreciate you guys sticking around. If you did, if you're one of the real ones, um, subscribe, like, blah blah blah, all those things. You already know what to do if you're still here. So thanks, Gary. Let's go, Bucks, guys. 
Thanks for listening to my dad and Uncle Jake on the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Bridge the Number Two Bucktober. Don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. Clear the deck, cannonball coming, and let's go, Bucks!